Sportsbook Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome back. Uh, welcome back. Welcome into guys at a mic show. I felt like during the promo, I felt a little bit like um, uh, Brian Gumble, who does the real sports show, you know, and they come to him and he's always like taking the notes right as they come to him. So he looks very, very intellectual, you know, after the segment, they come back to him and he's taking his notes. He's got the glasses like half down on his eyes, peering down, looking very. I always wondered. What notes was he actually taking? Because I'm sure the show and his prep is way in advance. At any rate, I'm not Brian Gumble. I'm the coach, John Cohn, my good partner, the big dog, uh, big dog, Joel Radwanski. By the way, that real sports show is outstanding. I watched this segment. I watched the one. Uh, uh, I, I tuned in to watch the Jerry West segment, which we haven't talked about. Ex-NBA uh, superstar, legend, Jerry West apparently admitting uh, that he had depression in his early years. The book was out, so I went to watch that segment. Totally missed that one, but caught like three or four others. That's a really, really good show. It's a uh, midweek Wednesday here. We're going to take a little bit of a break from the sporting world. We've got Hear Ye, Hear Ye, or Seek Ye, Ye Shall Find. We haven't quite figured out the name of that segment yet. I've also got a beer test, an alcohol. It's more specifically a beer test. For the big dog, I have some charts and some note here. I'm going to test uh, the big dog on his beer knowledge. And uh, who knows where else we'll go. It's two guys in Mike Show, TalkZone.com. Let's welcome in the man known as the big dog, or better known to his friends as Joel Radwanski. Big dog, how are you? Uh, doing absolutely phenomenal, Coach, until I, I get greeted with a, a real sports and, and Brian Gumble. Uh, that has got to be the worst show on television. Oh, I, I, I oh, I, wow! Anything involves Brian Gumble, I will have nothing to do with. Well, I that. all right, forget your dislike of Brian Gumble. The show, I, I think, is very good. It. I cannot stand that dude. Really? And because of that, I have not watched that show. I watched one episode, and just any anything that has to do with Brian Gumble makes me want to throw up. Did 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 I make sense? I don't think I did. Describing the look. Because that, that's the way I kind of was before today's show here, as I was Did writing so quick. Pompous? I wasn't really paying attention when you said No, but uh, David Olson, have you seen that show? Oh, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, so you know what I'm talking about. When they come back from each yep. segment, the person who ran the segment is sitting across from them, and as the music comes on and they transfer out of the, transition out of the segment, he's got he's writing notes, he's got the glasses half down, very intellectual look. No, exactly what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. thank you very much. Did it look anything like me? Feel free to say no. No. <laughs> you could at least pause before you did that. I, I didn't know that. Big Dog, we've been together almost 10 years. I thought you were a, a Brian Gumble fan. How about that? The only thing good about Brian Gumble is he's a Chicago Bears fan and a Chicago Cubs fan. Yeah. Other than that, and he grew up on the north side. I, I mean, just the whole latest incident is another thing, but there's, it's been. Uh-oh. I, I swear the guy just says stuff just to stir up controversy so people realize that he's he still has a job, which well, is what, talking he, to people that just said, I mean, he doesn't really do anything anymore, so. We haven't talked about it, and I'm trying to remember, uh, there was a more, more recent where he really said some controversial comments. Yeah, he, well, yeah, he, he compared he compared NBA players to slaves. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. There's yeah. a big difference between making uh, a league minimum of $1.5 million a year and having your families torn apart and separated and forced to, know, to work in hell. 
You know, that's a little different. A little different. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. That, 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 you know, I'd like to hear his explanation. You got to be careful because sometimes we read in the paper little quotes are taken out of context, but you are right. That, uh, it did not come across well when, well, it uh, wasn't, it wasn't quotes in the paper. It was him speaking on a did, show and him talking to David. Stern. But did you actually hear the interview or are you just reading the excerpts? No, you're right. I, did, I yeah. didn't, I didn't actually, because I do not watch that show whatsoever. Right. It's just the latest, another latest. Would, would you like to hear what he said exactly? I've yes. Got, I've got the video. Oh, cool. Let's hear it. Wow. Finally tonight, if the NBA lockout is going to be resolved anytime soon, it seems likely to be done in spite of David Stern, not because of him. I say that because the NBA's infamously egocentric commissioner seems more hell-bent lately on demeaning the players than resolving his game's labor impasse. How else to explain Stern's rants in recent days? To any and everyone who'd listen, he has alternately knocked union leader Billy Hunter, said the players were getting inaccurate information, and started sounding chicken little claims about what games might be lost if players didn't soon see things his way. Stern's version of what's been going on behind closed doors has, of course, been disputed. But his efforts were typical of a commissioner who has always seemed eager to be viewed as some kind of modern plantation overseer, treating NBA men as if they were his boys. It's part of Stern's M.O., like his past self-serving edicts on dress code or the questioning of officials. His moves were intended to do little more than show how he's the one keeping the hired hands in their place. Some will, of course, cringe at that characterization, but Stern's disdain for the players is as palpable and pathetic as his motives are transparent. Yes, the NBA's business model is broken, but to fix it, maybe the league's commissioner should concern himself most with a solution and stop being part of the problem. And that's our show for this evening. Wow. Never yeah, did use the word slave, though, did he? That, that's, that's ridiculous. But he that's described ridiculous. And and David David Stern is part of the problem because he originally signed a deal where the players were getting 57% of the money, which is so asinine I can't even comprehend it. So, 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 to me, talking like that and then trying to get, give yourself the part in the out at the end, being like, People, you know, however he said at the beginning, oh, people might find this offensive. Yeah, people do find that offensive. I mean, that's so, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. That's just another thing. And the guy talks so eloquently, and you walk out of there being like, well, David Stern, I was trying to keep the man down and blah, 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 all that other stuff. You know, I'm not a David Stern fan either, and he is ex- extremely egocentric and all that. But to characterize it like it's all David Stern and not re- no mention that. 57% is the greatest contract that any uh, players have ever had in the history of the game. So I don't want to get on to all this, but uh, I don't know. that Bryant Gumbel has continually like used that card over and over again in, in his career. And using it in this case is absolutely ridiculous because, I mean, quite simply, obviously the NBA is, what, about 80% African-American? Would you? That's probably about the. the I mean, well, my, my estimate is eighty-two point eight, but uh, we'll go with yours. You know, you know what I'm saying, coach. It's always going to look like that. So, what, so forever. So from now on, when there's a, a labor deal in football mm-hmm. and basketball, it's going to be what turn into a race card, white versus black. I, I just, I, I'm. There's. We're so far ahead. You know, if you want to talk about race in the world today, let's talk about what's going on with Herman Cain. That's what's going on with. <laughs> With, He's, you know saying, Herman Cain is coming up. Let's hold off on him. He's coming up on Seek and Ye Shall well, Find. David Olson, yeah. Well, well first of all, that first audio, of all, David, that, are you white, is, before that, you talk, David, are you white or black? Just so the listeners know, I, I to be determined. Okay. 
First of all, that audio was courtesy of HBO. God bless. Oh, thank you, by the way. And I know I'm just thanking HBO for just being around. That's all, really, honestly. Secondly, I, I don't see anything wrong with what Brian Gumbel said, and I can see the point he was trying to make. He, you know, because of the fact that the league is 80% African-American and the way David Stern is di- disparaging the, p- the players, because I can look up some of the quotes that, you know, he was, that Stern was making, but I mean, he's been pretty harsh. So I, I can see the point Brian Gumble was making. Oh, he definitely, you know, you, he has definitely been harsh and he's trying to drop the hammer and let everybody know that either you do it the owner's way or there's no, going to be no basketball. There's, you can't argue that. That's, for the last what year he's been saying it, and so far it looks like he's you know holding his ground, even though they're willing to budge supposedly. Now, but finally, for the what, what bothers you, Big Dog, is is you're not disagreeing with Dave's concept, but you you just don't like the reference to the plantation and the slaves. Oh, you know, and, come yeah. on, I mean, I, and trust me, I, and I do think David Stern is egotistical and all that. It's just yeah. to, to pull that out every time. What every time there's going to be, you're talking about. I mean, it was one. Th- it'd be one thing, Coach, if we're talking about people making fifty thousand dollars and you know they're trying to make sixty thousand dollars. We're talking about people divvying up hundreds, well, tens of billions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars. So to, to pull that out, I mean, this is—they're trying to save their business and make sure that there's as many millionaires playing basketball as possible. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's times to to worry about that. I, I mean, honestly, what if there were more European players? What if the league was 50-50? Would he said plantation owners? Do you know what I'm saying? Would, would he have said that? He so, wouldn't because he'd know Vlade Divac and Vlade's uh, very large family would probably come hunting him down. <laughs> so that would that would be a dangerous situation. Vlade is a peaceful man, by the way, Coach. After the whole <laughs> Yugoslavia and Serbia, Croatia thing, yes. trust me, He's done with the war, so yeah. he's all right now. Still one of my greatest visions in, in NBA history is when the Lakers were about to win the championship, like uh, the other team calls timeout, 15 seconds left, and Vlade Divac, hot, sweaty, bearded, hairy Vlade, takes his armpit and his arm right around Magic Johnson's head, gives him like kind of a noogie thing and celebration, excitement, and Magic is like part excited and part Vlade. Have a, when's the last time you took a shower? <laughs> But I, and it was like a 25-year-old magic gem. It was just a beautiful gathering together of two different cultures, Big Dog. And it showed to me, I've explained this to you before, where, and I'm going off track here, where how sports, one of the things I so much love about sports, it can bring people of such different personalities, cultures, colors, whatever, and bring them together on that playing field. When the emotions are high, you all become one. It was Vlade Divic and Magic Johnson. You could have a, you know, a, a hairy Eastern European yes. throwing his arm around the Magic Johnson and winning an NBA championship that never occurred because Vlade never won one. Really? Maybe it he was a, the, Maybe it was the Western Conference Finals been, right yeah. before they were about to get blowed out by the Bulls. Yeah. Vlade Divac's never won a championship? No. That's no, a shame. Because he, uh, 88 was the last year that the Lakers won one mm-hmm. before 2000. And Vlade came over there right after that, like right after that coach. He replaced Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as center. Interesting. Okay. Emailer Kiss My Stats said, I love that visual coach. Had a dream once, but add Anna Kornikova and make it a threesome. That's from Emailer Kiss My Stats. Thank you very much. That guy needs to get his head out of the gutter. Yeah, all okay. of a sudden. He's a new listener to the program, but uh, apparently he's going to become a regular and, unless we get the authorities after him. 
Woo! Wow! <laughs> Big dog, I worry. I haven't even uh, welcomed you in here. You know, I did the whole Brian Gumbo intro. We got completely yeah. sidetracked of the best way. Bad. Thank you to David Olson, by the way, for uh, getting that tape spur of the moment. That wasn't planned, but uh, everything good? Good. You sound like you're uh, up and peppy and ready to go here on a beautiful Wednesday. Yeah, everything is absolutely fantastic. Everything's looking good. So, uh, you know, this whole hear ye, hear ye, these stories are scary. I didn't know what you had called it that day. All I got was ye. That was the only part of the, of your title that I got. Uh, what do you think it was named after ex-Milwaukee Buck, now New Jersey forward, ye, ye, and Elon? Uh, I actually consider that. I really wasn't sure, but I, know, I knew we didn't name it after a very soft, uh, small forward. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Ye, what was he, like 18 years old, 17 when he came to the NBA? And Tall, he's skinny. Huh? He still doesn't have a rebound yet, and he's a power forward. <laughs> He's in his third or fourth season, so that's bad. But I told you you before we went, my nephew's bar mitzvah. About three years ago, uh, my brother-in-law rented one of those minivans or little minibuses. And after the bar mitzvah, the party, he he took all the kids, including myself and my two sons, up to the Milwaukee Bucks Arena. We were going to watch the Bulls play the Bucks. Actually, you know what? I don't even think it was the Bulls. It was a Milwaukee Bucks game. So with my urging and my wonderful way to influence 13-year-old kids, Big Doe, I had uh, made signs, and I told the guys we were going to be the Yeezy and Elon Chicago chapter fan club. <laughs> and so the kids had the signs out there. He comes out of the tunnel, and he was completely confused. Some of the teammates were laughing, but uh, we actually got up on the big screen. You know how they show up, but we were the Chicago <laughs> Chicago chapter of the Yeezy and Elon fan club. And, and the, yeah, we weren't. it wasn't the Bulls they were playing. So that's what, you know, he actually thought these people made the trip up to watch him play. <laughs> yeah. That's good stuff. No, yeah, he's from China, so he probably had no idea what no. you were saying. Very and, shy. Uh, he lived in the Chinatown in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. which is uh, two and a half houses. So it's not very large in Milwaukee. <laughs> uh, he's in New Jersey now, isn't he? I think so. One of, one of those okay. Easter. All right, who the hell cares about Eugene? I interrupted. You were starting to go on another track, I think. Oh yeah, this whole I didn't know the ye thing, so I couldn't. I didn't know oh, yes. what you would say because what, what's the name of yours? Oh, sheet, seek, and ye shall find. Right. Okay, so and I basically know, I, all I remembered was the ye that day. That's why. <laughs> so I started coming up with these stories, coach. Hey. And I got a, and I've got a bunch of good stories. As a matter of fact, I got one that I find so disturbing. I brought it up to Cloudy. He just shrugged his shoulders and said, "What's the big deal?" All right, let's let's get it started. Seek and ye shall find. By the way, any of our listeners, you have any? Uh, uh, you know. Off the beaten track stories, some interesting little human interest things, humorous, for real, uh, tragic, uh, heartwarming, whatever it might be. That's the very essence of seeking ye shall find. We take a break from the sports page, which has its own. Believe me, one of the world of sports has its own uh, stories of tragedy, of comedy, of heartwarmingness. That's what we love about it. But we'll jump off the sports page here a little bit. Seeking ye shall find, or here ye here, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And by the way, coming up also, part of the segment, I have a beer Trivia test for you, Big Doug. Well, I I definitely want to do well at that. Yep. And normally when I do these, like, beer exams or beer tests, it's normally how much I can drink. And something tells nope. me, over the telecommunicator phone lines, whatever you call these things, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to be drinking beer this particular no. show. No, this will not involve consumption unless, uh, you know, you want to on your end, but it's certainly not required. 
But, I got you. Good. All right, go ahead. Let's start off seeking ye shall find. And again, our phone number here, if you want to check in, 888-463-6748. Big Dog and the Coach, the semi-dysfunctional show known as the Two Guys at a Mic Show. We do it every Monday through Friday, five days a week. One-hour day shows are always archived, by the way. If you, by some rare, rare happenstance, actually uh, find the show somewhat entertaining, you can always go back, check out some of the old shows. Our website, Big Dog, which I know you check on a regular basis. Oh, yes. I, I need to start doing that. <laughs> is uh, What the hell is our website, David? It's twoguysmike.com. Number two, G-U-I-S-M-I-C. Uh, twoguysmike.com via the Beautiful world of the talkzone.com. Wonderful place here. They are able to archive all our shows two weeks back, three weeks back, a month back. All right, let's get seeking. You shall find started. Big dog, first uh, item on the docket. Okay, the first one comes from RadarOnline.com, Coach. Uh-oh. And uh, it involves Justin Bieber. Whoever would have thought I would be bringing up Justin Bieber on these particular airwaves. But More importantly, does it involve his girlfriend, Selena Gomez? He, Selena, Selena Gomez. She sounds good looking. You are not aware that he has been going out with Selena Gomez, who was basically the female Justin Bieber. Oh, I didn't realize. That. Oh yeah. Okay, coach, you got to. You have to. Like, I actually pay attention to other things in the world. So, like, this all this teen buzz is very rare to me now. I'm going to ask you this. Maybe I should just tell the story first and then ask it later, so I, I don't corrupt what uh, what I'm trying to get out of you. Now, a 20 year old woman is suing Justin Bieber. For paternity results. Uh-oh. Okay. Now, I brought this up to other people, and they were like, yeah, yeah, no big deal. But what do you find intrinsically wrong with the fact that a 20-year-old woman is suing Justin Bieber for paternity? Well, it's hard for me to answer that because I have no idea why she's suing. Well, isn't he younger than 18 years old? Absolutely. Okay, that's my point. Oh, okay. So isn't it a little strange? Yeah. If it was the other way around, a man and a woman in the opposite way, uh-huh. everybody's up in a... They're like, oh, can you believe Justin Bieber might have gotten this girl pregnant? Well, no wonder we realize that if she's 20, why is she having sex with a 16-year-old? <laughs> so she's really? suing for something that she did illegal. I thought you were going to go, like, way off the beaten track and say that because his music, you know, was so alluring, the guy that she was with, the <laughs> tactor. But you're talking about literally uh, from a firsthand situation suing for paternity. Now I see the humor of what you're talking about. Yeah, and if anybody says, well, you know, like, well, the man has to, like, you know, actually be consensual if you know what I'm talking about, though. Do you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, sir. Okay. He's a 15, 16-year-old boy. That stuff happens. I mean, walking down the street and the wind blows. You know, oh, I can't believe this just happened. <laughs> oh, I can't go to the board, teacher. I'm very sorry to write it. This is ridiculous, though, Coach. I just want to throw it out there. I don't know how nobody else has noticed this. I guess it's okay for older women to have sex with younger boys. Mm-hmm. So is yeah. that what we're saying here in society? Yeah, No. No, but but I think your point is well taken. There clearly is, uh, if the story were reversed, oh my the, goodness, can you imagine? Yes. So there, yeah, there, okay. there, there's a double standard there. I don't think any question about. Cerebrally, we can say there isn't, but I think emotionally, there still very much is. Uh huh. Interesting. Now, what was the question you were going to ask me? So that was it. Oh, okay. What was the that story was, you were going to tell me? Well, that was the story. Okay. I just, you find it wrong. I mean, this is that, but you do. You obviously see. That there is something a little bit odd about that. It's well, yeah, I find it humorous that she's going to go to court and sue and, and for something that she did illegally. So yeah. she might win the she might win one case and lose the other. Yeah, no doubt. So hopefully she'll be able to see her child. Well, I guess they'll have rights to the child while she's in prison. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, uh, in California, those, they got some nice, though. The women have nice prisons out there, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Big Dog, it's a sick, sick world out there, and I, for one, am glad to be part of it. Now, and I still can't believe you're not aware that he's been dating Selena Gomez one year, I believe, his elder. Are you aware that the six foot nine inch New Jersey forward Chris Humphreys and Kim Kardashian, God bless you, Kardashian are getting divorced? Hopefully, you're at least up on that story. Yeah, Kardashian. I'm sorry. Yeah, I do have internet coach. So okay. I do, like, turn, you know what I'm saying? That's the first thing that pops up is the fact that yeah. they're getting divorced. Yeah. Like, I could care less. Yeah, we're now, not. Besides, Go ahead. the fact that she has a butt the size of Rhode Island, what, does, what intrinsically good is about that, that woman? Well, There's, she's extremely attractive, and the positives end there. But she I is mean, attractive. I, I mean, I know. I, I think she's cute. And she's got the, you know, like I say, that, that massive butt. But I don't think she's as unbelievably gorgeous as everybody has acted well, like she is. I think she's is. pretty gorgeous. And when, when, oh, when she hits her late 30s, it's going to be yeah. downhill in a hurry. Well, that's true. And you, can, like you, can, you, can just, you can see that's, it with her body that's type probably and true, with yeah. her face. I mean, it, it, she's going to... I don't even know. Cute is not the right word. She's She's... Beautiful. She's, she's glamorous. Looking. Glamorous, yeah. Glamorous looking. It's, it's, I guarantee you when that girl wakes up in the morning, she is butt ugly. <clears throat> not so I'm sure not about you. that. I'm not kidding you. They yeah, you know, I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say I butt ugly, but she, yeah, but it's, they, it takes a lot of, a lot of paint and spackle to get that look. No, yeah, no doubt. She, no wonder why she needs so much money. It costs her probably 10 grand a day just to put a makeup on that girl. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about again, Kim. Uh, uh, Kardashian. Supposed to say God bless you, big dog. I wear no, but I'm sorry. You're so good looking. Okay. So, all right. Uh, next story on the Seek and E shall find. Uh, just a quick little note, big dog. I remember where last time he was in town, you tried to get out and watch, and we had some interesting conversation. But the Dalai Lama, the Dalai Lama has announced through. I don't know if he has a publicity department or one of his people, but Dalai Lama will be coming to the Chicago area, speaking at Loyola University, April 26th. Big dog. I fully expect you to be there. No, I, I will be there, Coach. Without without question, if I can if I can get in, I would love to see the I would love to see the Dolly. Seriously, <laughs> without question, I, I would have to say the the greatest scene possibly in any sports movie is Caddyshack when uh, Bill Murray <laughs> describes Caddy and for for the llama. Have you seen that thing, Coach? I think I it's been a while, but I think I remember. Uh, I, I am not kidding you. I had I memorized. <laughs> I had to try to get a job, and this was like five years ago. And people were like, "Hey, well, we." we we need somebody who's like quick and snappy and stuff. So I, I just, I basically memorized that, and I, they, I got the job like immediately. The guys was cracking up. He's like, "You picked a great scene to remember." And they wanted a monologue, so all these people did like serious dialogues. And I came in and I did Bill Murray doing Teddy uh-huh. in for the Dalai Lama coach. Right. Ever since then, I've been a fan of the Lama. April twenty sixth, my friend. April twenty sixth. Mark it down. If you need a day off of work, I'll take care of it with our Commander in Chief, Mister Chris Wedding. Redding, what's his name? Chris uh, Chris Whittick, I think. I, don't know. I will have a camera Chris. by then, Coach. I you... will have a camera by then. Oh, what happened to the camera you had? No, I mean like a real camera. Oh. Like, like a video one, I'm hoping. So stuff and we can put up put up on the website. Yes, and I, and I figure I'm just going to have to do it myself because I got an idea for a show and I'm just going to mm-hmm. do it. And, and the llama could really help me out with it. Seriously. <laughs> you're not calling him Dolly anymore? You've called, you're now calling him the llama. Well, yeah, well, either way, either way. Yeah. Either way. But so. when you see him, you have a cheap shot here, but when you see him, of course, you will say, hello, Dolly. 
Thank you very much. All right. Next item on the docket, you alluded to it already. Seek and ye shall find. You have any items you want to bring up with us? Please do so. Because I'm going to run out in about five seconds. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Again, triple eight four six three six seven four eight. The phone number. User friendly, interactive talk show radio here. Uh, sports talk and more with the big dog and the coach. Uh, big dog, you alluded to it. Herman Kane running into a little bit of trouble. It's almost. Clarence Thomas, like you remember our Supreme Court justice with uh, Anita Hill, but back with the he was the uh, president of the Restaurant Association. We going what are we going back to like 1998? But a couple of uh, females uh, whose names have not been disclosed yet. Uh, sexual harassment case against Herman Cain. I don't know if you've been following this scintillating story. Uh, just a little bit. And supposedly now the girls are suing because. He broke his silence, so who knows what's going on with that coach. It's, it's ugly. Now, obviously, he wasn't as well-prepared as, as your guy, Bill Clinton, with all these allegations, because like, after that, people were like, yeah, he did it, but it's okay. Like with Herman Cain, you're like, we don't even know if he did it, but we're... Well, we're no, 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 Bill no, no, Clinton no, 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 no. There's, 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 there, there's a huge, huge yes. difference in this. They paid the women off, okay? Who's they? The Restaurant Association? The, the Restaurant Association paid these women off, okay? Therein, uh, therein lies the trap because it never went to trial. Mm-hmm. There, there, there was nothing. They, they, they paid them off and then dismissed them from their jobs. Interesting. They only paid them ten grand. No, they paid one of them six figures. Which wow. back then, fifteen years ago, that's significant. So, and because that, I mean, because that happened, doesn't mean that anything actually happened. But the thing that's uh, trapping Herman Cain in this is that for two days, his story kept changing. Oh, yes. that never happened. All oh, this happened. Oh, but I don't remember it. Oh, right. it may have happened. I mean, he kind of. Right. He's saying he, now that it's, you know, it was a long time ago. Now mm-hmm. things are starting to come back. Yeah, yeah, Which, yeah. And, and every time he'd appear on TV, the story was different. Mm-hmm. And that was like yeah, a then, yeah, huge fumble on his part. Yeah, that's horrible. And he can't do that. You just got to know. You got to know that people are going to investigate this to the nth degree. They're going to know every little piece about it, so you might as well just come come full head out and do exactly what happened. Otherwise, you have no other option. Yeah, well, what, but if you do, even though, you know, it wasn't an attack or anything, but it was sexual harassment, that pretty much wipes out, does it not? Maybe it doesn't. His uh, presidential aspirations? Well, it all depends on how quickly, and I guess he didn't do it fast enough as, uh, to get his wife by his side and have her say, I love Herman Cain and he's mm-hmm. a good man. And she's like, out there now. She's been so behind the scenes. I think she's doing is, her is first she interview. Because, yeah, I believe I read where her, yeah. she's going to be doing her first interview. So the, the wife okay. is so. coming to the rescue. Here comes Mrs. Kane. Spinning around the turn. Here comes Mrs. Kane as they break into the backstretch. Um, you know, it, it got me to thinking, dog, because many a time I thought you would be a pretty good political candidate. Uh, you know, not just a sports talk guy, very knowledgeable, but... Knowledgeable you on, imagine, you know, though, go ahead. Can you imagine, like, the, the, when they start investigating me, they're well, like, that's, well, you know, that's like, the angle. That was the angle I was going to take. Up. What happens when they start digging up on the big dog? Okay, oh, that was, I mean, legitimately, like, so how long did you burn rope for? You know, that'd be <laughs> one of the questions that they would ask me without, you know, without a doubt. They'd be like, oh, so to pay your mortgage, you actually went out at concerts and sold cigarettes in your 30s? Isn't that a little young to be doing or a little old to be doing jobs like that? Stuff like that. They would be a little bit uh-huh. uh, uh, disturbed that I've kind of lived on the fringes of society the last couple uh-huh. of years. But nothing immoral. 
See, no, that's, no, that's no, the key. Absolutely not. Yeah. I, like, I, can, I have no problem telling you every single thing that I've ever done, Coach. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I've never really done anything where I can look back and say, like, oh, I'm ashamed of doing that. I mean, I regret some things. Like, uh, the only thing that I regret ever in my life is I got in a car accident and my, and my friend at the time lost his foot. Yeah. But other than that, I really can't say I've ever yeah. done anything Just that youthful, I regret. Uh, you know, typical youthful, what do they call them? Um, there's a word for it. But, you know, it can be exuberant. Yeah. It's not exactly the word I was looking for. I actually have a quote, David Olson, from Big Dog when he was uh, held by some of the authorities in Aurora. I believe Big Dog's quote was. I've never and been in Aurora you, authorities. I don't know. Well, Aurora. I've never been in jail here. Well, you were at least held by the authorities. I don't know what you're referring to here, but Big Dog's quote is, legally it was questionable, morally it was disgusting, but personally I liked it. <laughs> Thank you very much. I just had to get that. I've been holding on to that for a while. It had to do with the Baskin Robinson Tom when, when it went out of business. Uh, remember, Big Dog, live each day as if it were at last, and if it scratches, itch it. Thank yeah, you very that, much. This is true. Thank this you very true. much. Now, uh, speaking of businesses like Baskin Robbins that are going under, uh, I'm sure Starbucks what? is going under soon because I've realized that there's only like a Starbucks on every corner now, Coach, and this used to be like on every other corner. I still love the comedian who uh, said he went into a Starbucks. They opened up a Starbucks inside of Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Backtrack a second. You said Baskin Robbins is no, going no, on a no, business? No, they're doing fine. They're doing fine. Oh, they're absolutely God, I, I scared yeah, I I, there. Was just, there's just one that happened to go out of business. Yeah. The most recent one, I think, uh, that surprised everybody was Lowe's, right? You You can do it. We can help. Yeah, but they expanded too quickly. That that was their problem. They put up two, and I mean those stores are huge. So if you're not doing baffle business in those things, I mean you're losing money. Yeah, and they, 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 I mean those things popped up all over the place. They were like weeds. They but, they go, they open a Home Depot across from a Lowe's out on Randall Road in Aurora, and I swear to you, like the Lowe's just boarded up the day after. They're like, it's done. We're done. We're, there's no way we can compete. <laughs> it's too bad. Which is, uh, which, no. which is bad, bad because I think I think Lowe's has got the better products. They've got, they've got nicer stuff, especially for like home improvement and everything. You can do it. We can help. Is that Lowe's or is that Staples? I think that's Home Depot. Home Depot. Lowe's. I think. There's what's the expression? Lowe's. There was something comes after that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what Home Depot is. Though, okay. I do know they had Lowe's has something to do with Jimmy Johnson gets it done for us. I think that's what. <laughs> Well, so getting back to Starbucks now in El, uh, in a place uh, right outside of Sacramento in El Camino, there was a Starbucks, and a homeless guy went into the Starbucks. And I know that this is all happening. Anybody that lives in the city of Chicago, when you're in Starbucks, bums just walk right in and just start asking for change. Okay, this happens all the time. Mm. Well, it happened in Sacramento, and the bum got so mad that nobody gave him any change. He started tearing up the Starbucks. Oh. Picking up chairs, throwing them at people, <laughs> taking coffee, throwing it in people's faces. This guy tore up the place. So the cops, you know, like, uh, they come when he starts running. They're chasing this bum down the street. Eventually, you know, they tackle him. They throw him in the into the car. It was right outside of a news station, and the, there's video of it. So you guys can check this out if you want to go to uh, a drudgereport.com. It's on there. But it's some beautiful footage of this guy being thrown into the into the cop car coach, and when he gets in. The camera goes right on him, and he makes eye contact with the camera, and mm-hmm. then he licks the he licks the back window of the, of the police car. It's beautiful, coach. He licks That's, the back window of the police car. You know, typically, you know, this would bother me a little bit, but uh, you know, ever ever since I saw Fight Club, 
the idea of trashing a, a, a Starbucks mm-hmm. has really been something that I've wanted to do. Now, I don't know if I'm going to do it the way this guy did it, but the yeah. way he seems to have tore up the Starbucks, it, it mm-hmm. looks pretty good, Coach. Well, there, you know, there's many things that we, uh, you know, would like to do, we think of doing in our imagination. You can't get arrested for that, but to actually go out and do it like he did, probably going a little bit, uh, maybe a couple of steps too far, Big Dong. Yeah, a little bit. A little self-control, a little self-discipline. What happens if Starbucks got in a fight with Walgreens? Who wins that battle? Oh, man. Well, you know, CVS is starting to get a little uppity like Walgreens. Yeah, you're right. CVS is, um, they're right, they're right. They're making a triumvirate. So now, 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 now we switch gears. So like Starbucks is everywhere because people need to be up, up, up all day, and you know the uh, the U.S. government could care less. You know if people are dying from high blood pressure and all that stuff by drinking eight billion cups of coffee a day. Well, like right now, just just to let you know that prescription drug painkillers, just painkillers yeah. that you can get at Walgreens and CVS that pop up on every single freaking corner in this in this country mm-hmm. have four times as many deaths in the United States last year as cocaine and heroin combined. Interesting. One's legal. One is obviously, you don't, you don't want anybody doing any type of cocaine or heroin in, mm-hmm. in your life whatsoever. I'm not trying to say you should be. Now, well, what is your definition here? Talking to uh, special guest Dr. Joel Radwanski here, drug pharmacist, uh, pharmaceutical rebellion. What is your definition? What do you mean causes death? Be more uh, specificity if you could. So, like overdoses on painkillers. People who died from prescription painkillers because of directly of taking like too many of them, and this could be like consecutive days, and eventually you kill them or taking too much at one time. Mm-hmm. Okay, according to CNN yesterday, and I started look, and I, I was looking it up. Uh, CNN did this report, on it, and I just found it funny that you know CVSs and Walgreens pop up all over the country everywhere, and basically it's just pharmaceuticals, and this is controlled by our country, and they're mm-hmm. popping up everywhere. Nobody seems to be making a big deal out of how many people are dying over pain uh, painkillers, but yeah, we have like illegal drugs. Basically, two of the worst illegal drugs here, a third of the amount of deaths when you talk about both of them combined. And still, to this day, no one's ever died of smoking too much marijuana, yet that's illegal. Yeah. And people will bust you for that. Yeah, well, we'll get to marijuana in a second, because that's, that's coming up, because it might not be so illegal after a while. But, you know, you know, if you take the uh, painkillers too much and you need a remedy for that... Um, so that you don't become part of the statistics you just mentioned, you can go to a CVS pharmacy or a Walgreens to get the anti-remedy as well. Yeah, so exactly. really, it's your one, it's your one-stop shopping source. And just to let you know, after you take that anti-remedy, while you're now still taking the the painkillers, yep. uh, in three months you're going to have to start taking this one thing that helps uh, protect your kidney because your kidney is going to yes. be destroyed by that antidote. Mm-hmm. And then three months after that, you're going to have to start taking something for... Uh, oh, your arthritis that's kicking in for the yeah. antidote of the antidote. Yeah. And it keeps on going and going and going, and eventually you have 900 pills, and all you had to do was basically wake up in the morning, meditate, do a little yoga, stretch, eat right, and then your life would be a lot better off. Mm-hmm. And you don't and have I've, to, let me make a note of it, because everything we've talked about so far, you you need to get from a CVS or a Walgreens. You don't need to uh, sign up for a yoga class or take a yoga uh, or even do it in the privacy of your own home. You don't need to go to a Walgreens to do that. And, Coach, you don't even have to get out of your vehicle, yeah. okay? You can just go through the drive-up, and they'll give you all those pills. And then you can take them and be, drive down the street all whacked mm-hmm. out. <laughs> all right. You know, we're looking for sponsors on this show. I think it's safe to say, dog, we can wipe out CVS and uh, and Walgreens as potential sponsors. I think we knocked that particular thing out. You know, uh, <laughs> I did a I, – I, I was pulled into – Robert the Rain Man McEwen uh, pulled me into this project 
where Les Walgreens is looking for a wife. You know, Les Walgreens, one of the one of the, the kids of all the Walgreens. This guy has more money. That he actually was urinating dollar bills. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, well, we, we get I get involved in this because the guy really truly couldn't find a girl here because because of being Walgreens. Oh, you're Walgreens, so now everybody's just seeing the dollar signs. So he just they actually he paid. He produced a television show where we were going to go to Russia so he can find a woman. I'm not kidding you. That's how desperate the guy was to find a woman. It wasn't a bad-looking dude, and he was just sick of being used over it. And I, I, to be quite honest with you, Coach, the guy acted like he was goofed up on Gop, like he was totally drugged out. Mm-hmm. But he was a nice guy. Well, he is less, nice he is less Walgreen. Yeah, and I don't know how much Valium he was taking, but... Mm-hmm. I, uh, that dude did not like crack a smile or a frown. He was emotionless <laughs> for the whole like thirty hours I spent with this. Dude. Interesting. I had never heard of the guy when you first brought up Les Walgreen. I thought it was like a new discount store, maybe a you know a competitor opening up quarter the size across the street. Well, you know that's you know that's a great idea. If you okay, just say like Nordstrom has Nordstrom Rack, but like you know like if you have Walmart, what if you go to Walmart Less? You know, why I drink Miller beer? Why I drink Miller Lite? Mm-hmm. You know, well, I shop at Walmart. Why well, shop at Walmart less? It's what was there a year ago, but now it's at half the <laughs> This could be business idea number 112 that we had, Big Dog, that we're not going to go so through. we're going to use that one. Okay, I'm an idiot. Okay. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Seek and you shall find. Jumping off the sports page today real quick at the two guys and a Mike show, the big dog and the coach, producer extraordinaire. David Olson, other side of the glass. I'll be back at you again tomorrow. Don't forget this Friday, football Friday. we got a big weekend of football coming up. It's going to extend all the way to Monday night here in Chicago. It's a much-hyped Bears-Eagles game, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. But next item on the docket, big dog, a quandary for the women out there. And there are a lot of females that listen to this show. Quite frankly, probably more females than males. After all, we are the sports show that appeals to the non-sports fan. This is true. Yes, which I take great pride in. The only problem is and the actual sports the, fan doesn't seem to like us. But that's and a all the story. females in my family listen to the show. The guys don't. Which yes, it, it bothers me a little bit. My point so, exactly. It's, uh-huh. well, it's you know, it's glass half full, glass half empty. But here's the quandary now. The studies and fairly extensive studies have come out now that uh, a woman drinking three or four glasses of wine a week, just fairly come. Uh My my wife would fit into that category. Uh, The studies show 15% higher chance of breast cancer. Now, here's the quandary. Women who take three or four glasses of wine a week or even a glass of wine a day have like 20% less chance of having heart failure or heart disease during the course of their life. So and they have much better just vascular health. Their, yes. their veins are in much better health if you So uh, what do you, say, how do you handle would, that one? I would say if you like wine, drink it moderately and if you're worried about breast cancer, make sure you do not smoke cigarettes and eat a whole food type lifestyle and, and don't eat a bunch of stuff with chemicals in it mm-hmm. and you'll be quite fine. Well, except that you've got a twenty under that very nice uh, home remedy that you just gave us uh, that that particular female will now have a 20% higher chance of heart failure. Why would they have a, a 20% higher chance of heart failure? Because they're that? they're not drinking wine. I said, no, they should drink wine. Oh, then they're going to get breast like, cancer. If a woman likes wine. No, they, Coach, you're not going to get breast cancer if you drink wine. You're going to get breast cancer if you smoke. No, and you that's, uh, that's and not. You, it, well, just 
by adding red wine, if you do everything else in your life yes. that is basically pro-non-breast cancer, mm-hmm. drinking three or four glasses of wine a week are not going to increase your chances. Yes, that they are. Breast cancer. That's the if whole point. If you lead a normal life of smoking and all that other, coach, you're not looking at it right. You asked me what the remedy was. Yes. The remedy is this, ladies. If you like to drink wine, drink wine. And the rest of everything else that you do, make sure you don't smoke mm-hmm. and make sure you eat whole foods and well, don't eat stuff with chemicals in it. Coach, you asked me the remedy. That's it. It's, I'm, it's, not I'm not saying it's not good advice, but it's not without fault either because obviously not smoking, living a healthy lifestyle is going to improve your chances you know, of not getting breast cancer. But the bottom line is what you are recommending to the females out there having that drink a day or three or four drinks a week, it does. The studies have shown it will still Despite not smoking, it still increases their chance of breast cancer 15%. Okay, so maybe you should decide uh, as a woman whether or not uh, you have a higher chance of getting breast cancer with your family's history yes. or heart disease with your family's yeah. history. It's all, it's kind of a darned if you do, darned if you don't. But it's And, and there's also another thing that if, uh, you, you know, Coach, let me put it this way. Do you know what happens if you get way too much salt in your diet? You get high blood pressure and yep. you die. Yep. You know what happens if you don't get enough salt in your diet? You get low blood pressure when you die. Yes, exactly. You know what happens if you put the exact amount of salt and sodium into your diet? Yeah, I hear Eventually, you. one day, you die. Yep. I hear so, you. So to worry about stuff like that, the only the only thing I can tell everybody is eat with stuff that doesn't have chemicals in it. Mm-hmm. That's everything. And, and, do, and be happy and enjoy a fruitful life. That's yep. the only advice I give yep. you. About my, my favorite statistic... Uh, to show the ridiculousness, which, which you're alluding to, and you're absolutely correct. David Olson, did you know, studies done the last five years, 98% of the people that died of any age in the last five years drank milk when they were young. Thank you. Thank you very much. I don't think I need to see any more. By the way, speaking of uh, you mentioned dying words or final words, did you read Stephen Jobs' sister's I wouldn't call it an open letter, but she's a writer. And I think she gave the eulogy at the funeral, but she also gave a written eulogy. I'm sure it's out there on, uh, if not YouTube, you could Google it. it. Boy, it's, it's pretty powerful. I, yeah, I read it. And uh, and all the, the emotionless people in my life were like, hey, what's the big deal? And the other ones were like, wow, that was awesome. You know, it's really funny. Isn't that how interesting? How people have read that. Interesting. Some people are like, hey, what's the big deal? And I'm like, are you serious? Don't you have any... <laughs> so, yeah, that is interesting that some people, some people are not affected by that. It just doesn't. Uh, that kind of emotion does not hit them the way it does some of us. Yeah, I guess. Well, the, the, probably the and one of the people that we're talking about that way, I know doesn't hasn't had anybody really important die in their life. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee, if they had a mother or a father, you know, die, and they heard those words, they'd be like completely, totally different about what was. What was going on? Basically, Steve Jobs looked at his, the three sets of families that were created because of him, basically, yep. and just yep. said, "Oh wow, oh wow, oh wow." Yeah. Those, those were his final words. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's not just that ending. The whole written uh, eulogy is oh. very, very cool. And David, she is a sister, but one that they didn't. She didn't know him till like age twenty-five, right? They had to, she had to track him down, or or they told. What was the story that? Her parents or her friends, when they investigated, they said, you know, we found out who your brother is, and it's someone famous, and they would not tell her who it was for a while. Did I get that right? And and, and she was guessing. She thought maybe John Travolta. Not sure why she guessed that. 
<laughs> but how cool is that? You're told that you're actually, that we found your brother and it's someone really, really famous, and for a while they didn't tell her. I'm not sure why, but. Now, if somebody's laid that news in your lap right there, yep. you have a sibling who's famous. Yep. You know, you're eventually going to find them. And for me, I would definitely go bottom of the barrel, just just so no matter what happens. Everything of so John Travolta, you know what? What's the what's he's an L. Ron Hubbard devotee? What is he a Scientologist? <laughs> yes. So there you go. That's about this bottom of the barrel as it gets. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. For me, I think it's Renee Zellwanger. Not sure why, but I think if I have a long lost sister out there, it might be her. I'm not sure who mine is. People used to tell me all the time, Christopher Reeves, the guy who plays Superman. I used to get that all the time, Coach. Yeah. That was yeah. that was before you had hair. Yeah, this is true. I, I've never really had it thick and lustrous, mm-hmm. so I wish I yeah. did. And when the big dog was born, the doctor slapped him on the butt, slapped him on the head, and said, Hey, twins! All right, uh, <laughs> final item I have for you, and then the beer test. Seek and ye shall oh, find real quick. You alluded to it already. I don't have all the specifics, but it, actually I wasn't going to put this in, but, but you brought it up, so uh, I will add to it. And it does appear, Big Dog, that uh, the push is on, and maybe that's the wrong word. It is the wrong word. Marijuana legalization, I think, safe to say, in some way, shape, or form, is on its way in the uh, fine country of the United States. No, it's about time, and it really needs to happen on so many different levels. Folks, uh, forget about the whole uh, what you should be able to do in the privacy of your own home and all that other stuff, okay, which uh, yeah, hopefully everybody knows how I feel about that. But quite simply, the hemp plant is the most adaptable plant made on the planet. You can make ridiculous amounts of products with it. And the reason why marijuana was made illegal in 1937 was because the DuPont company pushed dramatically to make sure that this plant was illegal. Now, you, William Randolph Hearst uses newspapers to, to stereotype it as uh, – African-Americans smoking and raping white women, and then it, all of a sudden it became illegal. That plant can be used in so many ways, and it's a sustainable product, and it's so much better than plastic. And DuPont is the plastic king of the freaking world. And if you guys look this up, that's why marijuana has been illegal for the last uh, 75 years in this country. Mm-hmm. It is the latest form of prohibition, and eventually when, this, when it is uh, eradicated, uh, the hemp plant, will be used to create so many new products here, and it can be the new revolution and the new sustainable America. And again, for all the young kids listening, the knowledge that Joel has based on research that he has done, not from practical experience. This is this is true, Coach. So look it up. <laughs> look it up. Look up. Uh, look up when marijuana was uh, made illegal in the 1930s, okay. and look up the government story, and look up people like me's story on it, and you figure out which one you believe. Okay. Mm-hmm. And okay. there's no question that William Randolph Hearst. And his newspapers made it seem like everywhere these reefers men were selling the stuff all over and they were creeping in back alleys and, and committing crimes. And then, come on, now, now, like, meth and cocaine does that? I've never seen anybody go rob anything when they were too... I mean, they'd sit on the couch and listen to music. That's what you do when you smoke <laughs> marijuana. Coke. Yes. Okay, so... Yeah. It doesn't stimulate you. It uh, It can stimulate some of the senses, but it doesn't exactly energize you to... Create well, any it, kind all depends, of... it all depends on if you smoke sativa or not, Coach. Smoke that, who? Uh, there's the, the, it's, there's uh, two different forms, okay, oh. and one knocks you out, and the other one is like pep uh, pep and gets you up. See, I was not aware of that. Neither I, was I. I never had the latter kind, I can, I can rest assured. Which is the one that makes you eat two rows of Oreo cookies? I have no idea, Coach. It's been so long. <laughs> and I don't like Oreos, so there you go. Really? 
All right, go yeah, with the Salerno butter cookie. Not All right, that's better. Real quick, uh, 888-463-6748, the phone number you want to check in. Big Dog and the Coach, uh, you bring up any stories and seek in ye shall find. We'll try to get to a couple of minutes sports here. But uh, real quick, a little beer consumption trivia test for the Big Dog. Uh, first of all, give me a most beer consumed, and in parentheses it says gallons, most beer consumed and least beer consumed states in the country. Can you give me uh, some of the top states for most beer consumed? There's actually some surprises here. Now, uh, I guess you got to go by populace. It says consumption you? per person, oh, and then it okay, says sir, gallons. So number one is 32.7. So I'm assuming that they 32.7 gallons in a year? Because mm-hmm. it says per person in 2010. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, the grand old state of Wisconsin. Wisconsin is number six. Wow. Surprising. Wow. Surprising. Okay. There's some hardcore yeah, drinkers. I, I, I honestly thought I was going to the first one. I was going to, because they're known that the stereotype is they drink beer and they, yeah. wow. So, that's an, that's okay. an obvious. Some of these are like hunker down states. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised by that. I, I do know a bunch of, I got to be quite honest with you, coach. The, the most amount of alcoholics I've ever been around is in the state of Illinois and Chicago. This mm-hmm. is the drunkest city in the world. Uh, seriously, so Illinois has got to be way up on the top. Well, don't forget, just outside Chicago, there is a place called Illinois. So if it was cities, you might be right, but it's the state of Illinois, and it is not in the top ten. Or, by the way, you can take a shot. I've got the least beer-consumed top ten as well. I will go I will go California on that. California, number seven, 18.4 gallons. From the, from the bottom or from the top? I still don't understand that. Consumption per person. 18.4 gallons? The per ab- year. Huh? Per year, per year, the yeah. average person in California drinks 8.4 gallons of the beer. A- I mean, are they counting? Uh, so they're counting even the people that don't drink. That seems like a lot. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, no, that's not that much thing. But in a gallon of beer, there's about nine beers. Okay. Okay. So um, I would say, no, no, it's about eight beers. In the, like, no, there's, hold on, there's 10 beers. There's 128 ounces in a gallon, right, Coach? So that's so. almost eleven beers are in a are in a gallon. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that eighteen gallons. So wow, there's about almost two hundred beers a year are being drank by the average Californian. Okay, that's not that much beer. That's not that's okay. half a beer a day. All right. Think about it. That's How about I also have in front of me? If you want to take a crack at this, I've got the twenty drunkest countries. Again, two thousand ten gallons. Oh, that's that's easy. It, Germany, Poland, Germany, Russia. Hold on, Germany, Germany, Romania. Germany four, Poland six, Russia thirteen. Romania, Romania, number five. Czech Average Lip- person twenty five point six gallons in a year of beer. That's what I'm getting at. Czechoslovakia, coach. Yes, number one. The Czech Republic. <laughs> the Czech Republic. That, that surprises me. I wouldn't have thought. No, no, you know. it, it really shouldn't. Have you ever had a good Czech Pilsner coach? I, I swear to you, Belgium and Czechoslovakia. Belgium is on my list, too. I'm going to throw that one out mm-hmm. there. And Czechoslovakia make the best beer in the world. I checked out a good Pilsner beer. one time, but I have not had a good Czech Pilsner, no. Okay. That's not bad. I, I like that coach. Thank you very so much. Belgium on that list. Where they, they got number, you're missing number two, the Wisconsin of countries. 
Wisconsin, of course. Yeah, the Wisconsin, everything. Oh, you, there you Ireland. go. <laughs> Thank you for the hint. It's good how I associate it. If one's green and one's red. <laughs> but that's it. Ireland has the, they have the, what do you call it, the, the mystique of being the biggest drinker. Yes, Ireland so. is number two. By the way, uh, Ireland's number two, then a bunch are close after. Ireland's at 31.7. The Czech Republic absolutely blowing away the competition, 42.5. So they are significantly ahead of their next competition, which is Ireland. It's the birthplace of beer, so it should be that way. Wow. I was not aware of that. The birthplace of beer. And if you, if you think about that, the per capita, if, if, so if that was 42 as compared to 18, it's about one and a quarter beers a day they're, they're drinking in the Czechoslovakia. In Czechoslovakia Interesting. Throughout the year. Basically, everybody has a beer, is what mm-hmm. they're saying. Austria, That's, by the way. Austria is number... Three and uh, I, I would eventually got to them because I did say Germany and Poland and Czechoslovakia and Austria is yeah. right in the middle of all that. So basically, yeah. I was just uh, Central and Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. But just throwing it out there, I, I just for the for the Asian country, the highest Asian country has got to be Korea, Coach. Well, they're way be. behind. I don't know that I see in the top twenty. I've only got the top twenty here. Okay, uh, and I've got a rip on number twenty, but uh, I don't think any of Bolivia. Bolivia is eighteen. Okay, I was going to, and that's the highest South American country? Hungary is 19. I can't read number 20. It starts with a C, but I don't think any of the, uh, the Far East, not in the top 20. I know we'll have some upset listeners out there. That, that's too bad. That's yeah. Too bad. We'll probably get some angry Tunisians calling this show, Big Dog. No, and then again, this isn't just alcohol. You're talking beer. Just straight beer. Yeah, okay, strictly which, beer. Uh, they got that suitcase stuff in Korea. Oh, coach. I'm telling you, I know a lot of Korean people. They drink that stuff like crazy, crazy. The drunkest people I know are Koreans, I think. Says, um, uh, Romanian beer drinking has increased 13% in the country since 2007. So if you're in Romania, the arrow's pointing up. I would think by 2014, they could be maybe pass up Ireland and start to challenge the Czech Republic. Then, well, I'm, you know, if they put their mind to it, that's the goal <laughs> that definitely could happen. Oh, goodness. By the way, the uh, cities, the least beer consumed, the cleanest, if you will, the least beer drinking, Utah, number one, uh, states, I'm sorry, not cities, Connecticut, number two, New York. New York, a surprising number three, New Jersey, number four. Most beer consumed, 32.7 gallons per person, New Hampshire, big dumb. Well. Which I'm surprised. New, uh, Coach, I swear to you, I was going to say New Hampshire and then Vermont. I swear to you, I was going to say those. I was going to say those. Mm-hmm. I was going to get to both of them. Vermont so is up there, too. Interestingly, North yeah. Dakota and South Dakota, which surprises me. Well, oh, they're way up top? Yes. Well, you know what? Those are more back backdoorsy type men that are living up there. Yep. You know what I mean? There's probably going to be more beer drinkers and bourbon guys than wine guys, you mm-hmm. know, and spritzers. So, now, the New York thing does surprise me, and I do realize it's a massive state. Yep. And they actually have a lot of wineries in New York. That's like that's in the in upstate. Yep. But both times that I've gone there, I've noticed that at all hours of the day, and in every I don't know if you have to pay for a liquor license in New York, but every single deli has beer in it, and you can get a beer at any time in the city of New York, and it's actually just the same price as it is drinking in Chicago. So it's actually cheaper to drink in New York than it mm-hmm. is in. In the city of Chicago, so I'm surprised by that. Get one of those huge deli sandwiches, and they probably give you like a little eight ounce taste testing glass of beer to wash no, it. No, no, I get the, I, I will get the Stella Artois, the bottle, mm-hmm. 
Hey, by the way, real quick, one sports note on a non-sports show today on a midweek Wednesday. Uh, seek and ye shall find our segment today. We uh, said the game would be good. I unfortunately didn't watch it. Boy, was it ever. 63-60. to 60. No overtime. Regulation. 63-60. <laughs> uh, Toledo gets beaten by our NIU team. Congrats to the Huskies. You know, and, and uh, Northern Illinois was probably I – did, I didn't get to watch this game, and hopefully I, it's an instant classic and I get to actually watch it. But they're down 60-56, to 56 and supposedly they had to go for it on a fourth down. Think about it, Coach. If they're down three, they would have kicked the field goal, and who knows then it's a 50-50 shot if they win. They were better off in that game just to go for the touchdown. 19 no seconds left. They scored a touchdown. 43 points scored in the fourth quarter. Wow. So yeah, somewhere between the Illinois Penn State game and the NIU Toledo game, somewhere between those two big dogs is actual college football. <laughs> Hopefully we'll find it. It might be uh, this weekend when Alabama takes on LSU because I, I see that as like a twenty-four twenty game. It's going it's going to be a good game. Uh, we're going to talk about that game. That's the uh, the the game of the weekend, if not the year, the century, the millennium, whatever you want to talk. Well, we'll do a little football preview tomorrow, and of course on Friday, big dog be good. We'll see you uh, tomorrow. Okay. I will see you tomorrow, fellas. God bless you. 10 o'clock tomorrow. Don't be late. Thanks for listening. This is the TalkZone.com and the two guys at a mic show. Have a great day, everybody.